Hello. Welcome in. This is Bad Sports. I'm your host, Eric Grundy. With me is Mark Bradford. Why are you on your phone? I have my show notes. notes. Oh, why are you... Thanks for joining us. Why do you have a laptop? These are my... Well, you gave me the laptop so I didn't have to use my phone for show notes. Yeah, well, I... I, This... This is just how I do the setup. I have okay. the uh, the interface I'll just right ask there. You. And, yeah, why well, I, mean, I use my phone for notes. That's why. Okay. We hope you're having a fantastic Memorial Weekend. A lot going on. We're going to talk about the Monaco Grand Prix, the snooze fest that was. We're going to talk about the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, the Champions League. Uh, but first, Mark, how is your weekend going? It's nice. It's good to have a three-day weekend. Yeah. I said a fun little wedding yesterday. Oh, yeah. You told me about that. Uh, you said you were happy about your pants. Yeah. People said my <laughs> butt looked great in my pants. I you know, was like, whoa. There, there really isn't much, like a, a much better compliment than no. being, you know. It happened to me more than ass. once. And I there was popping go. it out there, though, too. You got to. Especially at a wedding, man. You got to start fishing. Got to. Pop it out a little bit, see if you get any uh, bites, you know? Mm-hmm. Good for you, man. It has been a great weekend. It's- and no bites. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been, uh, I've been chilling, just hanging out with friends, staying busy, eating good, eating too much. You say you've been challenged? Chilling. Oh. Just, I've been challenged. I'm always challenged. Always challenged. <laughs> it's just Mentally a, challenged. My everyday life. All right, well, we're going to jump into our sports quote. It's a it's a doozy. Mark, do you want to um, mm. kind of react while we play it? Okay. What were you going to say? You were seeing a little hesitant. No, I would... You're like, hmm... No, it's fine. Okay. Nothing at all. <laughs> I'm going to play all of it because it's a good one. Okay, that's what I was wondering. If anybody hasn't read this article, I don't read it. This was brought to me by a mother. Of children. What else are you going to be a mother of? I hope the mother of dragons. Three fourths of this is inaccurate. It's brought to me by a mother. It's brought to me by a mother of pigs. Embarrasses me to be involved with athletics tremendously. And that article had to have been written by a person that doesn't have a child and has never had a child. That's had their heart broken. That's unfair to assume. And come home upset. And had to deal with the child when he is upset. I don't. And kick a person when he's down. Here's all that kid did. He goes to class. Okay. He's respectful to the media. He's respectful to the public. Why does he see have to spit and on he's people? He's a good kid. And he's not a professional. I don't know why he's yet. And he doesn't deserve yelling to be so much. If you have a child someday, who's he? Sta- he's staring at one person the whole time. But you obviously don't have a child. I do. If your child goes down the street and somebody makes fun of him because he dropped a pass in a pickup game, or says he's fat and he comes home crying to his mom, you'd understand. I don't like that he's got all that orange on with that but orange backdrop. It hurts my eyes. Someday you will. And, and his tan is kind of orange home, too. You'll understand. If you want to go after an athlete, 
one of my athletes. You go after one that doesn't do the right things. You don't like Tyrell. Because he's he always does everything like right and may not play as well on Saturday. And you let us make that decision. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. Because I can't the read. that let it come out is garbage. Attacking an amateur athlete. He's staring for at the doing one person. Right. I wonder if it's the person who wrote the article. And then you want to write articles about guys that don't do things right and downgrade them, the ones that do make plays. Are you kidding me? Where are we at in society today? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. He's not a man. <laughs> he's not a young adult. He's a child. I mean, he's an adult. I'm sure he refers to them as men, like right? Yeah, sure. Look at him. But he, I bet you he addresses them as men. He doesn't say, Probably, yeah. Come here, boys. Boop, boop, boop. Come on, kids. Buckos. Get in the showers, little so boys. Facts straight. And I hope someday you have a child and somebody be downgrades him. Somebody beats, beats the shit out of him. <laughs> you want to say it? You want to say it? I hope someone beats, downgrades him. Who's the I hope somebody beats Who's him off. I mean, beats him. That's all I got to say. Makes me want to puke. And in fact, I think I will. But he just throws up in a bucket. Oh. <laughs> no free advertisements <laughs> here, Visa. <laughs> Brought to you by Wells Fargo. No, just joking. Um, yeah, um, I get that he's defending his player. I understand that. Mark, what, so do you have the gist of that? What was the article basically about? You said it was... Um, uh, quarterback's name was Bobby Reed. Bobby. Apparently, he was... Feather, Bobby. Uh, I forgot who the editor was. Jenny somebody. Thought he was being coddled by his mother um, after making, I don't know, bad plays. I, it was tough to find a whole lot about it. Okay, I, I was, all right. So, like, some reporter probably just wanted to take a jab at a college player. Because Said he they, wasn't strong enough. Yeah, and that they're being coddled by their mom. You know what? Honestly, I think that's such a stupid thing to write about that you don't really need to give it that much attention. I yeah. almost feel like... I almost feel like the journalist won because... He made that was Mike Gundy, by the way, the coach of Oklahoma State. My last name's Grundy, so a lot of people are like, "Oh, oh, Gundy, you like that's the guy for what?" Like they always make that comparison. Have they really? I've had that twice. Really? Yeah, like you hear about that coach? Same guy's got the same name as you. It's like it's Gundy. It's Gundy. It's not the same. But I understand. Yeah, goofy. I understand why he's uh, defending his pl- his player, and he has to as a coach. He probably feels responsible, but kind of like he went a little overboard. It's a little long winded, a lot of shouting. You could have shout. just been like, "It's bullshit." See this article, and it makes we'll me want to puke. Trash. I think I you clearly don't understand. You don't have a child. I don't think you should say it makes you want to puke unless it actually makes you gag. I like that puke. he said that. It makes me want to puke. I don't. I beg then do it. Would have been a great match. I think he would have won if he Sticks threw up on his on This throat. one's for you. <laughs> Either way, people are assholes. Journalists will do whatever it takes to get under the skin of even, even little league baseball players. They don't give a fuck if it's a child, a college athlete, or a professional athlete. I'd be watching little league freakout compilations. They're pretty fun. 
they're real. They happen. People, oh. parents will go after them. I actually read this is kind of related. I read a statistic that um. Better be totally related. <laughs> I read that uh, umpires for like little league games and high school games, like just high school umpires, are at like a record low, and they they oh, yeah. are desperate for employees. Like they need people to be umpires because no one wants to be an umpire due to how much flack they get from the parents. I would do it. I think it'd be fun. They probably don't get paid enough, but a lot of people they apparently they've done a poll where they said it's strictly because of the the parents. It's that bad. They get berated. See that. And yeah, it's pretty shitty. So I get it. I understand where Mike Gundy's coming from, but god damn it, I'm a I'm a man. That will never never go get old. That is just a classic. Moving on to our first topic, gonna jump right into the NBA as always. Uh, Mark, excuse hot me. and heavy. Hot and heavy? Yeah, we just burped. I don't know. Luke Warman. Luke Warman. Luke average, average weight. Take it away. Uh, game six, Heat win, one eleven to one hundred three, tie the series, three three. Real quick, I do want to say okay. that uh, Stephen A. Smith. Really, I love. Really I I predicted that it went to. I was. Predicting it was gonna go to Game Seven from the mm-hmm. get go. Okay. After the Celtics beat the Bucks, mm-hmm. going up against the Heat, I was like, "It's going to Game Seven, hands yep. down." Stephen A. was like, "Y'all are going home tonight to the Heat." He was like, "Y'all are trash. Y'all are playing like shit. You're going home tonight." Well, he was. He's wrong. wrong. Most of the time, I'm right. Stephen A. Smith zero. Eric Grundy one. Just want to say. That. Anyways, move on. <clears throat> there will be a Game 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals. With their backs against the wall, the Heat dug deep to earn a 111-103 victory over the Celtics behind a spectacular performance from Jimmy Butler. Hell yeah. Butler, who struggled in Games 4 and 5, set a new playoff career high with 47 points, going 16 of 29 shooting to go along with 9 rebounds, 8 assists, and 4 steals. For the Celtics, nice. Jason Tatum led the way with 30 points, 9 of 12 on shooting, while Derek White scored 22 points off the bench and Jalen Brown finished with 20 points, six rebounds, five assists, and three steals. The two teams meet for Game 7 tonight in Miami. Well, Miami. Yeah, it's definitely uh, Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown leading the Celtics. I want to see them get more help. Uh, obviously, Smart Williams contributed a little bit. Oh, and he got um, White. White had 22 points. So Celtics are playing more as a team. The Heat, obviously, a little one-sided with Butler, 47 points. So he's, I mean... So there's only 48 minutes in a game, right? And Butler's playing 46 of them. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Dude, Duncan Robbins, I I like that we're kind of covering Duncan Robinson and how little he plays. Dude got five minutes. What's the point? I don't know. Two minutes, one game, five minutes, one game. Like They probably regret giving him $90 million now. Well, I just don't understand. Uh, there's a lot of Haslam, Morris, Highsmith, Deadman, Yurt, Steven. That's a funny name. Yurt, Steven. Yurt, Seven. Yurt, Seven. They're all DNPs, coach's decision. I'm, conv- I'm I think he's making some interesting choices. Yeah. I don't understand how, why he's not playing certain players. Oladipo, he's, he is getting time. He played 22 minutes, nine points. Not where you want to see. You're hoping he'd be more consistent. But Duncan Robinson... I feel like there's more you can get out of him. Probably. They're not playing him as much. Five minutes, what's the fucking point? Run up down the court, 
twice. All right, that's it. Get in there, get yourself a few up downs. Get a nice sweat going, and then pull you know pull the plug. Any final th- like any final predictions? Who you think is gonna take it? I hope Miami, but I really I have no idea. You want okay? You hope Miami. I feel like the series has been going back and forth, and I kind of think that the Celtics are gonna take it. Really? Because, yeah. Let me look at the scores real quick. So in this series, yep, it goes. In game one, Heat. Game two, Celtics. Game three, Heat. Game four, Celtics. Game five, Celtics. Game six, Heat. Game seven. Ooh, now what's the pattern? What's the final? I don't think there is a pattern. Mm, I. It's not like an algorithm. I I disagree a little bit. <laughs> I think. Just good basketball. I think the Celtics are going to win. Well, I don't know if you're wrong. It's going to be close. Or not, but we will see tonight. Because the Celtics were able to win at twice. 7 p.m. It seems like they... In Miami. In Miami, okay. In Miami, we will find out tonight. Let's see, the Celtics have won... They've only won twice in Miami in this series. So the Celtics have only won twice in Miami? Yeah, and the series. So they've only played in Miami, like, they've probably only played there twice. Who has? No, they uh, won. That, well, they've won most of their games two, in Miami then. Three. So they've won so most of their games, games in Miami. And you said only. You're right. Uh, I think they're going to win in Miami. I'm calling it. Okay. Well, do you want to bet something? <laughs> You're looking at me like you do. I don't know. Uh, you want to gamble something? Yeah. Um. Okay, let's do it. What should be? What's a good one? Uh, we don't want to do money because that's always like that's Miami just... wins. You gotta kiss me right on my lips. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Oh, no. oh, oh. That was agreed. Oh, I like you do. <laughs> no, um. How about the loser has to make dinner? How about that? Loser has to make dinner? What are we, gay? Make me fucking dinner. Uh, oh, yeah, I like how you thought that. You said that's gay. You're like, kiss me. I'm not going to make you dinner, though. That's weird. How's that weird? Like, here, sit down. and I'm not going to set the table for you. <laughs> I don't know. Like, we're buy me dinner. What, buy you want, me spaghetti? You don't have to make me dinner. Buy me dinner. You, even though you kind of owe me anyways. But I buy do, me dinner. I do. That's true. I owe you burrito and tacos. Uh, yeah, just buy me dinner. I was gonna get it today, but you said you had already eaten. Oh, you're, you're gonna like, Taco Bell. I don't like, want that. No, I would have. I would have went somewhere else, asshole. <laughs> but I went to Taco Bell because I wanted a Mexican pizza. A Mexican pizza. Hmm. I want Mexican pizza. Um, but you were like, I ate lunch already, and it was like two forty-five, and I'm like. What time do you eat lunch at? Two? Oh, what time do you think I eat lunch? Three? I eat lunch at like I eat lunch at like one, noon, one ish. Okay, but you knew I wouldn't be here till three, and you're like, I won't. I'm a hundred percent sure I won't be hungry. <laughs> I had a. I made some scrambled eggs. I put them on uh, some at sourdough one? toast. Did you sleep in today? No, mm. I just that's all I had to eat. I just made some scrambled eggs on. Uh, I made like a egg sandwich. For lunch, egg good. sandwich. Yeah, I mean an egg sandwich. <laughs> Shut up with your Mexican pizza from Taco good, Bell. Dude. 
least I fucking cook. Oh, I'm I do joking. cook, bitch. Frozen food doesn't count. It's not what I cook. Okay. Well, what should we camp? You what cook everything we? on tinfoil. Look at there's always nasty tinfoil on. Today's the first day where you don't have <laughs> a fucking cookie sheet covered in tinfoil and hardened butter that was melted. It like just hardened grease puddle <laughs> on some tinfoil. I use my oven. God forbid. <laughs> Why do you use tinfoil every time? Are your cookie sheets I rusty? Just like the, I, I just you don't want to wash shit? It's, it helps the mess, you know? It helps contain it. Carbon footprint, dude. You just throw that shit in the garbage. <laughs> I do a lot. I contribute a lot more to the carbon footprint by driving like, like every day. Paper plates. I you offered you a plate plate. and you were just like, "No." Why? So you have to do dishes? And I was like, "I have a pl- I have a paper plate, jack wagon." And you're like, "That's carbon footprint." It is, dude. I'm not wrong. Yeah, I try not to be wasteful, but huh? what are we betting on this fucking game? Oh yeah, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what should we gamble? Um, you don't want to. Um, is it like, are we gonna? Is the loser gonna have to do something, or is the winner gonna get something? Like, does what if uh, what if the loser has to eat a chunk of wasabi? Oh, a chunk of wasabi? That's not that bad, though. I don't have. I have That's no, not that. Bad. I have no problem okay. with that. You do, like, I do that every day. Dude, whenever I get to sushi and they give you a little wasabi, I just put it all on one scoop. Put oh my it all God. On one piece. Jesus <laughs> Christ. You're a... Clears my sinuses right up, dude. It's the only time I can be like... You're the exception. <sighs> Holy shit. Um, okay. What's another one? How about... Oh. Oh. Let's... Since we're Let's disc eat often... shit. Winner. No? no? Okay. The loser has to buy a disc for the winner. Okay, deal. Of their choice. A disc of their choice? Yeah. I can think of some pretty expensive ideas. I was thinking the loser. Uh, Of the loser's choice. Uh, Well, there's got to be a limit, dude. We'll say not over $22. $22? (laughs) You already have one in mind. That's why. (laughs) No, that's like... But that's probably like the higher end. We'll put... Yeah, okay. I got the Celtics. You want to say like 18. You got the heat. I'm going to say 18. 18? 20? 20 18. We'll just say 20 bucks. 20 bucks. But then you can, you can get three used ones for 20 bucks, too. That's, yeah. Yeah. $20 limit at Great Lakes Disc. Okay, sure. We'll do that. <sighs> All right. Deal. Deal. Moving on. Shout out Great Lakes Disc. What's, uh, yeah, sponsors. What's the ne- Is there another game going on or is that it? We don't that's talk about right. disc golf enough for them to do that. Warriors defeat the Mavericks. So yep. that's it, right? Yeah, they're, they're sitting drinking wine somewhere right now. And then Waiting that's, for the end of this game. Holy shit, that's, that's the championship. Where the winner of this goes to the championship. Damn. Yeah. Okay, it's sneaking up on me. All right, well. Sneaking up on you? No, it's already done snuck up on you. Snucked right up. I'm glad. We should probably bet on the championship series as well. Okay. Yeah, that'll be the kiss bet. That's all we have for the NBA. Up next, we're going to No, Sal, we didn't even it. talk about the Warriors-Mavs game five. Oh, we didn't? No. That's oh, why I have all this stuff here. Oh, my God. Okay. I failed. Game five. Uh, no. I don't know why. I thought we did. Go ahead. Dwarves beat the Mavs 120 to 110. <laughs> the more you say it, the more I want to be like, maybe we did do this, but we didn't. So you Mandela affected me. <laughs> the Mavs got things rolling in the third quarter. 
but their poor first half performance in Game 5 proved too much to overcome. Facing elimination in Game 5 at Chase Center on Thursday night. Yeah, because we recorded Wednesday, and then this was a Thursday night. Yeah, you're right. Yep, correct. The Mavs weren't able to overcome a poor first half and ultimately lost to the Warriors 121-10. Golden State will advance to the NBA Finals to take on their either Boston Celtics or Miami Heat, which we will find out tonight. For the Mavs, their journey, at least for the season, comes to an end. After starting off sluggish, Luka ended up leading the Mavs in Game 5 with 28 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists. He shot just 10 of 28 from the field, including 3 for 13 Oof. from 3-point range. Like, why continue to shoot threes? I get it if you're down late and you kind of want to close the gap, but... Spencer... What? Go ahead. I was going to say, it does seem like a lack of discipline. Like, you should... I just feel like you should know by now at this point in your career, you're a professional basketball player. You know that you live by the three, die by the three. Why Dinwiddie's would you continue? obviously shooting three better. What? The game. Dinwiddie obviously shot the three ball better the game. He went five for seven. Yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie was a catalyst to the Mavs' second-half comeback attempt with his aggressive play and foul-drawing ability. He finished with 26 points off the bench on seven for 12 shooting, including five for seven from deep. Dinwiddie also dished out four assists. Dorian Finney-Smith and Jalen Brown were the only other Mavericks to score in double-digit figures, finishing with 13 points and 10 points, respectively. Finney-Smith shot a respectable 6-for-10 from the field, while Brunson struggled going 3-for-10. Clay Thompson, known for his big six, uh, Game 6 performances, uh, but it was Game 5 where he where it, Game five was his time to shine as he led the Warriors with 32 points on 12-of-25 shooting, including 8-of-16 from deep. See, 50% yeah. is, like, exceptional, Yeah, I feel. It was Thompson's best game in these playoffs. The Mavs have a lot to build on after having a magnificent season, although adding a second start of the roster would be preferred. Dallas really just needs a few more pieces to round the rotation in order to take the next step. You know what I noticed? I, I didn't that? realize that Trey Burke was on the Mavericks. I remember when he, was, when he played for Michigan, I remember he was, like, the guy. He was yeah. brought Michigan the closest that they've ever they've come to in a while to winning a championship. Have they ever won a championship in basketball? I don't think so. I do remember that class, and I saw his name. And I was just like, you know, I I was definitely pretty high on him coming out of college. I thought he would be a decent impact player, but golly, he only played two fucking minutes. Golly, yeah, six points. Well, he's kind of small. I just think it's fascinating. See that transition of players that are really big in college, and then how just uh, how meager they perform in the pros, just shows you the difference. But what do you think? Do you do you believe that Doncic, Doncic, God damn it, Doncic? Uh, do you think he needs to get better overall, or do you think the Mavericks? I think they just need another superstar. They need more players. They need more of a, just a better team overall. Just one more superstar. Mm-hmm. Do you think they could win with what they have that they need to develop, or they just they? Need well, they can't beat other... the Warriors with what they have, so no. No, you're right. They're probably gonna need a one more. I don't think start. they could beat Maybe the Celtics more. or the Heat either, honestly. That's a good question. Would they even even if they did be get past the Warriors, would they be able to beat the Celtics or the Heat? I don't think so. I think they put up a fight. They're obviously like. They have a decent team. They have they mm-hmm. wouldn't get they wouldn't have gotten this far if they weren't good. And I, even if it was just Doncic, I do think that there are some decent players outside of him. But they just don't have the star power. They need someone. 
they need to make a move for somebody. But yeah, I remember I just see Trey Burke there, and I don't know. I see like they're clearly trying to make moves, get players that could be impact players, but they're just not. They're just not uh, providing. Or they're not. What's the word I'm looking for? Producing. Sorry. Yes. Provide, yeah. produce. It's kind of the same. You know, hold the hold your Dallas fans. I know we have a fan in Dallas. Hold your head high. Hey, I mean, your team what did well. What if he's a Spurs fan? He could be a Spurs fan. Yeah. Unless you're a Spurs fan. Yeah. Uh, the Mavericks should be, you know, still happy with the season. It was a tough loss, but. Oh, for sure. He lost to one of the best teams in the fucking league. So. Uh, you know, they're on the up and up. We'll see them down the road for sure. Now, the Warriors, I think you and I talked about this. We think that they're going to win regardless. Mm-hmm. Does that still stand? Do you yeah. think they'll win? Even if it's For the me. Celtics? I think it's going to be exciting. Even It'll if be it's fun, the but Heat or the Celtics. I think it's going to be the Heat, but, you know. Yeah. It's That'd still going to be, be I, I, probably Warriors in six. It's looking like it. They're looking pretty strong right now, man. I don't know if anyone's going to stop them. Game five. Five games, man. That's fucking... That's quick work. Mm-hmm. And that concludes our NBA segment. That This officially concludes our NBA segment. Up next, we're going to talk about... What a detailed, detailed segment. Yeah, great so, work. So much. We're going to talk about uh, the NHL playoffs. Back. Let's do a recap of the NFL or NHL playoffs. Round two. Tampa defeated Florida in four games. They sweep their asses. Get shit on! Uh, right now, the Rangers and the Canes are currently battling it out. Uh, game seven will be Monday night. Um, the Blues and the Avalanche... <clears throat> The, actually, no, I'll just, let me just cover the, the Rangers and the Canes game real quick. So, game five, where we left off, the Canes won 3-1. to one. Trocek scored first with a shorthanded goal for the Canes. The Rangers answered shortly after with a power play goal from Zibanejad, tying it up going into the second period. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to say this guy's name. Tuevo Teravainen. That was pretty Tuevo, close. Tuevo, Tuevo, Tuevo. That's a cool name. Tiavo Teravainen scores a power play goal, putting the Canes on top, and Andrei Shveshnikov with the insurance goal in the third period. That wraps up game five for the Canes. Game six, don't count the Rangers out. That's what I've been saying all series. Rangers win 5-2. to two. Shesterkin, I believe, was like the key to this victory with 39 saves. They jumped out to a solid 3-0 lead with goals from Mott, Zbanejad, and Scheidel. I don't know how to say his name either. Shitel. Shitel. They got tough names in hockey. I know. They're pretty wild. Shithill. Shit. Well, <laughs> Spanish Ad's goal was off of a power play, and that would have, that was also his seventh goal of the series so far. After the third goal, Carolina pulled their goaltender, Ranta, and put in Kochikov, which I thought was interesting, especially this far in the series, game six. I, I think that's a questionable call to pull your goalie. I mean, I know you're trying to win, but at the same time, 
you might have just shook his confidence as well. It's a big deal in hockey. So they put in Kuchikov, uh Brady Skish, Brady Skish, I don't Brady know. Skeet. Brady Skish, Skish, I don't know what it's Brady S. Brady S. Scores to the Canes and Philip Chateau responds Phillip with another. Scheidel. Sh- Sh- Brady S. and Philip Shithill. Philip Scheidel respond with another goal better. for the Rangers. Panarin scores a power play goal in the third to close out the game for the Rangers. They win 5-2. to two. Kochikov only finished with 12 saves and two goals allowed. Not that that much better. Shesterkin with 39 saves and two goals allowed. Game 7 is on is Monday. Tonight, Monday? Yeah, that is Kochikov. the last game of the, of the round two so far. All the other series have wrapped up, including our next topic, which is the Blues versus the Avalanche. So we recorded... Last Wednesday, and that was Game 5 of the Blues and Avalanche. And what did I say at the end of the episode? I don't remember. I was saying that pulling your goalie is oh, yeah. dumb, and you shouldn't it's do dumb. it. It's stupid. It doesn't work. And, and it worked. Boy, did I eat those words. Well, so, I remember saying, wait until you see it work, and then you'll understand. Yeah. Yep, and then I watched it work. I was watching the Blues and the Avalanche. We even did it once in high school, and it worked. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I believe it. I just think it's well, five such seconds a left. Very it's a tie game. Percentage. Four four tie game. Yeah, uh, face off in our offensive end. Pulled our goalie before they even dropped a puck and had a six man on the face off. Won the face off to Jeff Zam and he ripped a slap shot and it went in with like two seconds left. Damn, did you win it? Yeah, nice. That was an OT. Man, that is pretty cool. So Nathan McKinnon led the Avs to a quick two-score lead in the first period and later taking a 3-0 lead in the beginning of the second. Near the end, they are playing in Colorado, by the way. Near the end of the second period, Vladimir Tarasenko scored to put the Blues on the board. The Blues carried their momentum into the third period as they tied it up with less than five minutes remaining. Shortly after the tying goal, Nathan McKinnon, he... Ignites the stadium with an absolutely masterful end-to-end goal, skating through multiple defenders and beating the goalie glove side. I have a clip of it right here, actually. I thought I did. What the hell? Oh, wait. Right? No. No. Oh, hang on. Let me go right here. Clips, clips. Right here, right here. Huh? Yep. Powering through. Oh, that was sweet. Little toe drag. See, I told you he said it like that. How annoying is that? How it, I, all those Do you think that's annoying? Hand? Go back a little bit more. Yeah, that's fucking. That's that's annoying. And then everything else was super short. Hat trick, baby. Hat trick, baby. I also thought that was a little bit weird. All those people throwing their expensive just hats on the Just say goal, ice. man. It's okay. Copy soccer. Just go, goal. Uh, sounded I mean, like he was doing a wrestler yell. intro. People want to yell. Like, go ahead. Let it out. But Nathan McKenna. So, <clears throat> I want to dissect that play real quick. Do you think that was the goalie's fault? Like, do you think Huso just failed miserably? He should have made that save. Because that's what a lot of uh, Blues fans are saying. Because that, by the way, Huso is their backup goalie. Their starter, Bennington, was injured by Kadri, supposedly. I think it was 
a combination of Kadri and the Blues defenseman. Mm-hmm. But watching that play, I got to put blame on the defense, man. I felt like like he shouldn't be allowed to just skate through your defenders like that. I mean, my God. He well, was I mean, just... obviously they didn't let him do it. Oh. Ethan McKinnon is just... Great stick handler. It looked like they were coming off Three, of a change. Three, four guys. They just like looked like they were coming off of a change, and <clears throat> like he didn't. You know, the other five guys have to protect passing lanes. They can't all just close in on them. That's true. Well, there's they no one to, else there. They don't know that. There's one guy. He's on the other side. There's things change in, in hockey really fast, man. I know, but I, I just think he just like... beat him on a line change. He did. You see Darren Helm right there. Yeah, dude. Little fucker. He'll come. Uh, he'll come up soon enough oh, too. Little fucker. Uh, then, so they took oh, the lead with money. like two minutes and forty six seconds left, right after the boost tied it up. And uh, let me go. Where am I at? Okay. So, after they tied, after the Avalanche took the lead, you're never gonna believe what happens next. I was talking shit. I'm gonna guess the Blues pull their goalie. And then the guess what? The Blues pull their fucking goalie with a minute left. They're passing. Setting it up, and they tap it in off a rebound. Can you believe it, Robert Thomas? It's Robert Thomas. Yeah, no, he's that. He's that. <laughs> a little biased. Well, just a little bit. Hey, uh, yeah, Robert Thomas. Right yeah. by fucking Robert Thomas. Uh, right over the Chipotle ad. <laughs> Break his mask. Right in the face. And then they go into overtime. Oh, there was a good shot. That actually, I thought that was going to go in the third period. Like two seconds left in the third. Avalanche almost scored. Is this the game winner? I hope so. Ooh, wow. From the slot. Unbelievable. This is arguably one of the best games I've ever seen in a long time. You've down. ever ever seen in a long time? That's a weird way yeah. to say it. The la- okay, the the last the best game I've seen was watching the uh the Bruins versus um I think the was the Bruins versus was it the Penguins when they scored three goals in like less than a minute? The best game I've ever seen was that was unbelievable when the Red Wings won the <clears throat> Stanley Cup in two thousand eight. That oh yeah game against the Penguins. I remember that. So right into us, tell us uh, what you think. When it happened, and I was like, <laughs> we're watching it. <laughs> I think it was on a Wednesday because we were bowling, so it must have been on a Wednesday. Okay. No, this is just an absolutely. Barn, just an absolute barn burner. Just stunning. The Avalanche were up 3-0. The Blues just fought to the end. Never gave up. Tied it up. Then with McKinnon's... You thought that with McKinnon scoring with like two minutes left that it would just be done and over and... Pull that goalie. Anything can happen. Shut them down. But no, they came back. They fought. They went into overtime and they scored. See, a six-man is a... An extra man is a big advantage. You can basically keep the puck in your in your zone. It's a lot easier for you to keep the puck in your zone, so you're not really worried about them skating out with it. So they'll have to shoot, make a breakout play, which is tough to do when you're a man down. Mm-hmm. And then 
you know, your best bet is to just kind of launch it from. It's the all about blue maintaining line. possession too, though. When yeah. I see a fail, is like when they just fuck up a pass just like that. All it takes is one error. That does. That's the thing. It's a risk you're willing to take, though. So that was game five. That was Wednesday night. And Friday night, game six, the Avalanche win the series, win the game three to two. The Blues actually took the lead, scoring late in the first period, thanks to Justin Folk. Folk, Falk. Uh, the Falk. Avalanche. <laughs> but y'all don't say that. Watch your profanity. Uh, the Avalanche answered back in the second period with a goal from JT Comfer. This sounds like a. That sounds like a, like an agency. What does? Call JT Comfort today. JT Comfort. <laughs> JT Comfort, attorney at law. Have yeah. you had a slip and fall? Uh, the Blues took the lead once more with a goal from Jordan Cairo. JT Comfort scored his second goal in the night off of a power play, tying the game once more with six seconds remaining. Darren Helm, our boy. Former Red Wings. My boy. I mean, at one point he was. He was with the Red Wings for a long time. He scores with six seconds left, lifting the Avalanche past the Blues. Good for him, I guess. They win. They're advancing to the Eastern or Western Conference Finals. Blues goaltender uh, Ville Husso, I I just wanted to acknowledge, did have 39 saves. A lot of Blues fans unsure how to feel about him. They believe that Bennington, had he played and not gotten injured, they would have won the series. A lot of them believe that. A lot of them believe that they could have beaten the Avalanche if their starting goalie was not injured and played every game. So maybe they're right. I think uh, the Blues definitely showed the Avalanche's weakness. Do they watch a lot of film in hockey? Is that a thing? Do you watch film? I don't um, see iPads in the bench. It's they probably not as important anymore. Like you know, not as like, I don't think it's as important as it is in like football. Because like even in F one and like MLB and NFL, they're always like watching film and on iPads. I was going to say... The yeah, I think it's more important in football where it's more of like a synchronized yeah. okay. type of event. I say that because the Avalanche but I'm were sure they watch film. scorching hot they coming into the playoffs. Call, they probably just don't call it film anymore. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I always Video, maybe. The Avalanche swept the, um, the Predators in the first round. They came to this being like the top team in the league. They were probably the most intimidating, most feared. And the Blues definitely showed their weakness. That's my takeaway from this series. The Blues are scrappy. Despite losing the series, they should be proud on how hard they fought. They won some incredible games, especially that Game 5 in Colorado. Not many teams can pull that off with such a deficit. So the Colorado Avalanche are good. Like That last game with JT Comfort showing up. So you have... I mean, you got you have Nazem Kadri, McKinnon, JT Comfort, all these players on the Avalanche that are just dynamite, man. They're really dangerous. They can score from it. Like also, any of those players can just go off and have a hat trick. That's what I saw. Like one night, it's just Kadri going off and injuring their goalie. Nah, McKinnon I, was just going with a hat trick at the series, wasn't he? No, Kadri had a hat trick. Oh, he did. Yeah. Bro, he was lighting them up. I just thought about it. In game four. When we were talking about watching film, I thought about how funny it would be if you, like, go into the film room. Like, say it's your first day there, and you go into the film room. They're like, all right, we're going to be watching some film of 
past games today, and they break out like an old school eight millimeter projector. They just pull it out of the closet, like, hell yeah, dude. You know, Mike Tyson used to do that. Like he said when he was, but in they're just like watching the game, game from last week on eight millimeter film. They'd be like, why, why, why did, what is the point of this? This is how my father watched film, and damn it, this is how I'll show you guys. Hey, man, analog's the best. It's better than digital. Um, back to sports. So, do you have any predictions on the sports. Avalanche? Do you think um, they're going to go far based off this performance? Do you Probably. Have any thoughts it's, on them? it's tough to say no. So, that brings me to the other Western Conference series, the Calgary Fire. We're going to call them the Fire. No, I'm just joking. They're the Flames. Calgary Flamers. Flamers. Versus Flame the up. Edmonton Oilers, which, which is, yeah, it's a funny name. So Flame came, and oil does not mix. No. Uh, Cause so an inferno. The battle for Alberta between Edmonton and Calgary. The inferno and Alberta. By the way, if you don't watch hockey very often, Edmonton has been waiting for this moment for a long time. They have not gotten this far what? since Wayne Gretzky. It should just be the battle for Canada. Well, it's, they're both located in the state of Alberta. Oh, okay. All right. So... The Oilers take game five, five to four. The Flames actually had a healthy two-goal lead thanks to Manchapane, I don't know how to say his name, and Backlund, but the Oilers came Man storming Japan. back with three straight goals from Nurse, Polishajarvi, and Hyman. The Flames responded, <laughs> that's his name. <laughs> or Hyman, I don't know. There's a Y. It looks like Hyman. Whatever. It definitely does look like Hyman. The Flames responded and took the lead back with goals from Goudreau and Jean Croc. But that only... God, dude, hockey has the craziest names. I swear to God. Tongue twisters. But that le- that lead only lasted less than a minute with Bouchard tying it back up for the Oilers. That would end the second period, the chaotic second period, with a total of seven goals collectively from both teams, which is crazy. <laughs> Zero goals were actually scored in the third period, bringing it into overtime, and then who else... None other than the captain, Connor McDavid himself, scoring the go-ahead game winner from uh, an assist from Dreisaitl. Oilers clinching the series and advancing to the Western Conference Finals. The goaltenders, by the way, I thought this was an interesting note. They had an epic battle. Both uh, Smith and Markstrom. Uh, Markstrom had 35 saves and Smith with 36, yeah. which I thought it was just... I like those details where it just came down to that one last save, man. That one goal difference, but that one save difference as well, obviously. Yeah. But very close. Even though Edmonton won four to one, it was still hard fought from the Flames. Remember, in game one, they put up nine points, nine goals, nine to six. Oh yeah, that's a lot. But Oilers, they're on a roll, and they're going to be facing the Avalanche. Do you have any predictions? on that series. I think that's going to be my favorite one. I am really excited to watch Edmonton versus Colorado. What do you think? Um, I think Colorado takes it. Really? I don't think it'll be lopsided, but... No, I think Edmonton's going to put up a fight. It'll either go to game six or game seven, but my heart wants Edmonton to go and win it all, but... I do think Colorado is playing really, like, lights-out hockey. I think yeah. their players are just, like, they just have so many weapons that can just go off, man. Like I said, JT Comfort, Kadri, McKinnon, all, all those guys. Landis Cog. 
Yeah. It's going to be tough. I want the Oilers to win, but I think that the Avalanche are going to probably make it to the Stanley Cup Finals over the Oilers. Moving on to... Oh, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, that was the last one. That concludes our hockey segment. Uh, Moving on to... We're going to be talking about the Monaco Grand Prix up next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bad Sports. Up next, we're going to talk about the Monaco Grand Prix, which takes place in Monte Carlo, which if you don't know... I used to drive one of those. It's actually a European country, and it's on the French Riviera. It's a sovereign city-state and a micro-state of the French Riviera. Um, It's the Principality of Monaco, and it's home to the famous... I want to say Monte Carlo. It's Monaco. That's the name of the country. The famous Monaco Grand Prix. It's been around what is forever. Monte and it's Cristo. been the same. Is that know. a sandwich? I think that's butter. No, Oil. I think Monte Cristo is something. So the Monaco Grand Prix has been the prize jewel of F1 since uh, its inception. It's also been the same. I don't think it's... It has changed. It's, it's changed. a sandwich. Okay. <laughs> Looks delicious. I personally don't care for the for the Monaco Grand Prix. It's cool. It wow, that just oh, really it looks fucking good. <laughs> so the thing about this is that it's a very historic race, and a lot of drivers prize this as like, or they refer to it as like the the hardest race in the world, and that like if you win. The Monaco Grand Prix, you're like, that's just um, that's special. Like, Is it like winning, the most there's one thing of like Grand being, Prix. Yes. Okay. The most there's a few of them, but the Monaco Grand Prix is hands down the most like historic, most praised. All the drivers say like, if you win that there, like it's they say that it's always the driver versus the track, nothing else, no excuses. Like the winner of the Monaco Grand Prix is always like well deserved. You're a fucking badass. That's always, like, if you're not a world champion, but you win the Monaco Grand Prix, that's like you did special. something at Yes. Least. That's also, there's three, there's the... But is it, like, a difficult track? Th- yes, it's incredibly difficult. It's track. very Yes, narrow. it's incredibly difficult. It's, in, it's, I mean, there's zero margin for error. Is there, hey, is um, there any margin for error? Oh, my God, none at all. <laughs> there is absolutely oh zero God. margin for error. The, no, it's just super narrow, um... It's tricky, and it's tricky. tricky. Are the roads wide? No, actually, it's super narrow. (laughs) My God, the narrowest, in fact. (laughs) Two cars wide? Never heard of it at Monaco. It's more about qualifying as well. Everything comes down to qualifying. Your position on the grid is important because there's... Like I said, it's really narrow, so there's no room for overtaking. Very, There is, but it's just very little. Um, Very little room. So let's get into it. Perez from Red Bull took first. Checo Perez, the Mexican driver, got his first win of the season and his first ever Monaco Grand Prix victory. Which, 
I will say, I have F1 TV and I watched him. A lot of people think that Checo was snubbed last race in the Spanish in the Spanish Grand Prix. They feel like that Red Bull just told him to move aside for Max. They don't think Max actually won it off merit. They're like, mm-hmm. hey, you're going to let Max pass. They went one and two last? last yeah. yeah, they did. Okay. So a lot of people were happy that Checo won. But at the same time, I noticed that when Checo won, dude, I swear to God, this is what happened. When he won on the radio, this is his engineer, okay? All right, there you go. Monaco. That's what he said. What do you mean? Mode three. Mode three. Mode three. That's it. This guy just won the most historic F1 Grand Prix, and his race engineer was just like, there you go, Monaco. Well, hasn't his race engineer already been a part of a Monaco victory? Well, but, like, you think they're... I'm just saying, like, usually when a driver wins any fucking race, their engineer is just like, P1, mate. P1. Excellent job. Good job. I do hear that a lot. Congratulations. That's usually what they say, but not at fucking Red Bull. Oh, dude, if you're Max, they're just like, oh, my God. Good job. P1. P1, Max. Brilliant. I will say Christian Horner was excited for him, and he's. I think he's a good principal. He... He was happy for him, but the, I just thought the engineer was just like, mode three. <laughs> mode three, what's that mean? He's just, it's telling him, he's telling, he's giving him instructions on the car. Like, oh. just telling him how to finish the outlap. He, mode three, he, big, he, nah, maybe maybe the guy, four. I will say, maybe he's like really unenthusiastic and that's just not, he's not sure. I've got Asperger's, Asperger's. So, Carlos Sainz takes second. Max Verstappen took third. Charles Leclerc, the Monegasque himself. Didn't he say fourth. his name was pronounced Charles Leclerc? I'm going to call him Leclerc. Leclerc. Okay. Uh, George Russell, fifth. Gussy it up. Lando Norris, sixth. Fernando Alonso, seventh. Hamilton, eighth. Bottas, ninth. Vettel, tenth. <clears throat> Pierre Gasly, eleventh. Espen Ocon, twelfth. Daniel Ricciardo, thirteenth. Nicholas Latifi, big one, five, fifteenth. Woo! Uh, Joe Guan Yu, 16th. <laughs> Yuki Sonoda, 7th. I say that because Latifi's always at the back of the grid. So everyone's just like, whoa, 15th. Uh, Yuki Sonoda, 17th. Albon, 18th. Did not finish. Schumacher, DNF. K Mag, DNF. So. Bad day for Haas. Yeah, do you, would you want to read some of the notes with me? Do you want to read the notes with me? You yeah, wanna, sure. Well, I don't want to, like, it's a lot of talk. Like, here, you read some of the notes, I'll read the next one. All right. We'll go mm-hmm. one after the other. Uh, delayed. I saw pictures of how bad it was raining. Yeah. And I think I actually texted you. Delayed start to the race due to rain, and you're like, it's tough to pick up uh, attitude through text. <laughs> but to me, it came off. You said, I know I'm watching. But to me, it came off. I know I'm watching just because I know you. <laughs> I, I figured it came off like, like, I know, that. I'm watching. Like, duh. I just was agreeing. And I was like, all right, I guess I won't fucking. Like, I know, I'm watching I guess right I now. won't tell you when I see something interesting <laughs> in F1. If I, I, Trevor actually sent me a snap of him saying that uh, he's watching Monaco. And I was like, too bad it's like the most boring race. But, so I, he probably thought I was being I was like, ass- you know what, fuck it. A fucking asshole too. Uh, no, I, I'm glad that you uh, reached out. I, yeah. It didn't seem like it. I will say real quick, a lot of people were upset that that race was delayed. A lot of them were like, this is a fucking race. But it was paid money. downpouring, though. They've, dude, they've raced in worse. Have they? That's, yeah, they have. They have wet tires that are meant for it. But at the same time, I am all about, for, I'm all for safety. So if they really believe that that's what's best, then 
by all means. Go ahead. Uh, Latifi hit the barrier at the hairpin, but he did manage to salvage the car. Yep. Uh, Stroll, did he bump the same barrier? No, he just, like, he nicked the barrier. I I mentioned those because Latifi and Stroll both hit the barriers, but they managed to uh, keep their cars clean and uh, keep racing afterwards, which was uh, kind of rare at Monaco. Uh, Pierre Gasly is the first one to pit for Inters and entertaining the fans with the first overtake of the race, making a move on. Joe. Joe. Joe Kwan Yu. Joe Kwan Yu. Oh, I was going to say you. Yeah. I'm like, um, for 13th place, Gasly then makes a move on. Ricardo to move up to 12th. So that is that was important because when Pierre being the first one to... The enters are basically the tires just below the full wets. Like you got the... It goes like soft, medium, hard, enters, wets. When it's like downpouring, you wear the you put the wets on, and what then if it's favorites? just a light, if it's just a light drizzle, that the track's wet but not too wet, you put the enters on. It's a little bit faster than the just the wets. So when Pierre went to the enters, and he everyone saw that he was like making up places, putting up fast laps. Everyone was like, "Oh shit! I think it's time." Change our strategy. Yeah, everyone was just like, "Okay." But that was exciting to see, man. You don't really, like I said, not many overtakes, but the fact that he did have enters, he was able to give us some excitement, made two moves. Uh, Perez was in third. He pitted for the enters on lap 17. Ocon and Hamilton battled out for seventh. Ocon aggressively turned into him and uh, caused a little damage on Hamilton's front wing. He was then later on, he was later on uh, given like a five-second penalty, I believe. It's a lot. Yeah. So, where it got really interesting, uh, Charles Leclerc was on pole, by the way. He led the race up until the pits, and Ferrari dropped the ball, absolutely dropped the ball with their uh, strategy, which is sad because they're struggling for race wins. They're trying to compete with the Red Bull right now. They have, they can see the Constructors' Championship. They have it within their grasp. And today they had a race victory sealed with Charlotte Claire's superb driving and they fucked it up with the pit stops. There's a point where like they did a double stack, which is when you have both cars going to the pit lane. Mm-hmm. And right after Charles pulled into the pits, they're like, stay out, stay out, stay out. But it was too late. He was already in there. And then he pitted. And then afterwards, that's when they kind of, when they went back to the race, they found out that, um, uh, yeah, Red Bull had uh, jumped them in their pit stops. So Max and Perez came out ahead of them. Perez pitted and then came out ahead of Signs, and um, it was uh, basically the end of the like the end lineup where Perez, Signs, Verstappen, Leclerc. It was like that for the rest of the race. Leclerc, Leclerc was uh, absolutely outraged, man. He was furious with his team that they fucked up his lead because. Uh, all you ask a driver to do is not fuck up, not crash the car, and just mm-hmm. win the race. And he was doing that until they fucked up the strategy. <clears throat> Carlos Sainz had a massive save on the main straight. Almost fucking butchered the car right in the barrier. Mick, uh, Guan Yu Joe had a nice save as well. where He was going sideways. Unfortunately, Mick Schumacher was the one that did not have the save. He crashed very hard into the do barrier. Do you have a video of it? I do, actually. It'd be cool. So, yeah, this is another topic. A lot of people are... Some people are giving him an excuse saying that it's not his fault. On the other hand, a lot of people are... This is the second chassis that Mick Schumacher has completely demolished. 
and uh, this one was ugly. It split the car in half. Cool. His last crash was in Saudi Arabia, I believe. Oh shit, this might be a good. Terms of budgets, but it, oh, it let go. Hit the Armco, spun around a couple Dang. of times, and then into the Tecro barrier. Yeah, yeah, he'd lost quite a lot of speed by the time he got there, fortunately. He's like, shit, 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 shit. But the uh, gearbox off, hasn't it? Well, that's and, a horrible replay. There at the back. Oh wow, so, it is in two pieces. Um, the Tech Pro and everything doing its job. So the, uh, the actual impact there. Um, so that for me. They oh, you talked about the camera, the camera work. <laughs> oh, that's a big one. Leading a red flag. Let's see what happens. So he just turned right, and it almost like he, when he lifted off. See, it almost. Oh wow. Almost. Yeah. It looks like you can't really tell what went wrong from the driver's point of view. No. It's like it, all of a sudden you're just I, sideways. I guess uh, maybe the the track was a little slick. I don't know. I'm not sure. He should why. have been on them inters. I believe he was on the hards. Should have um, been on those inters. It's just bad luck for Haas. That's the second chassis. That's also really expensive for the team. You do not want to crash that bad either. So that Mick Schumacher's crash led to a, a red flag, and because of that red flag and also the race, the rain delays in the beginning. The FIA announced that they will not race full distance due to the two-hour time limit ticking down. So every race is a two-hour time limit that they oh, have really? to like follow. Yeah. It's so weird. after that, they eventually just put 35 minutes up on the car. clock, and it was kind of like a um. It's like a. <clears throat> it's almost like a um. What are, we, what are those, uh, like Le Mans where you just like a lot of those races have clocks that just tick down. So this the remainder of the race just had 35 minutes, and then. When the time's up, that's the final lap. And that's how that race proceeded. Some other notes were uh, Lando Norris, man. He really shined in the last 10 minutes. He had a 27-second gap between him and George wow. Russell. And that dude cut it down. And he was just a couple tenths off of Russell at the very end. He also stole the fastest lap of the race. Perez finished in first, took the race. There was a few times where, like, it seemed like Max was kind of pissed that he was just like, "Oh, we're he's he asked about Checo's tires, which was like implementing or implying that like he's not going fast enough, like he thinks his tires are worn out because he's going too slow, mm -hmm. whatnot." But a couple of questions I have after this race. Also, uh, Maxson was yeah DNF. He he just had issues. Schumacher's one that crashed. Haas just both double DNF is a terrible weekend. So here's some questions. Is Mick Schumacher, I'll start with him first, because of that crash, a lot of people think that he's on the hot seat. They think, is it worth spending millions of dollars on chassis because he keeps crashing? And this isn't the first year that he's been crashing. Like Who's that kid that uh, we were talking about in Indy? Colin Herta. Maybe he's next for Haas. He had a bad crash, too. Over oh, well, shit. Um, he, like, dude, his car flipped. I'll actually pull that up in a second. So there are some, there's definitely a lot of drivers to choose from. There's a big pool of them, but a lot of them would be um, kind of a gamble because they'd be like new to F1. But everyone, I mean, there's very, there's only 20 seats. So a lot of people are going to get like they're getting their uh, feet wet for the first time. So my other question is, uh, yeah, is Mick Schumacher, is his time up? Is it worth keeping him around. I'd say Haas should definitely keep him around for the rest of the season, but gosh, if he keeps destroying these chassis, man, they're going to feel it in their pockets. Gosh. For... <laughs> gosh. 
No, seriously, it's getting hard to defend him. I really want to give him time and keep saying that he needs time to develop, but God damn it, man. That is really disappointing. Uh, secondly, Ferrari and their disastrous strategy. What like, what caused that, and will they be able to bounce back? Is Ferrari going to be able to compete against Red Bull? Because now Red Bull's got back-to-back wins. They're to, actually, they've won the last three races, maybe more. But Ferrari, they're looking like they're struggling again. They really screwed over Charles Leclerc, who really wanted this uh, win because it's his home Grand Prix. Yeah. Uh, also, another question is, would Checo have won if Max was behind him? Because Science was, took second, that's why Checo was able to win. A lot of people think that if Max was behind him, would there have been team orders to let him go by? I kind of think there would have been. But I want to see Checo win a fucking championship. I want to see him fight Max because I know he can't. And today he proved it. Uh, Mark, go ahead and read the remainder of the questions. Um, <clears throat> is Daniel Ricciardo's time at McLaren up? That's another one. He took uh, 14th. Like I mentioned, Lando Norris having fucking excellent, excellent pace at the end of the race. Daniel, on the other hand, did not. I'm also I'm a big McLaren fan. I'm in the communities. A lot of people think his time's up. A lot of people think they're wasting money on him. Some people even think there's a conspiracy to sabotage his career, which I think is uh, a bunch of baloney. I think Daniel is just kind of getting out of his... Uh, I think he's just out of his... Maybe the car is just not for him, and he wouldn't be the first one. Like I know Kimi Raikkonen didn't have like the best time at McLaren either. He eventually had to leave, and he won a world championship when he left, but... A lot of people think Daniel Ricciardo's time at McLaren is up. He's not in the points. He's nowhere near Lando's pace. Um, some other questions are, was Ocon's five-second penalty justified? Five seconds is a long time. It is a lot. It's in the a race big, world. I didn't even yeah. see what he did, though. He turned on Hamilton a little bit. I can pull that up, too. I think it was, but it's worth asking because Ocon's actually been having a pretty solid season so far. Let's see what this is. He's absolutely flying around. 130.2 his last lap. Just turned in on me about that. I don't know if I went across it. That was it. Absolutely flying around. 130.2 his last lap. I mean. He kind of went into the corner first, didn't he? his last lap. You know, watching it over again, yeah, I do think he, he kind of had the, the line. It seemed like it was his corner. I do think he had the line at now that I think about it. You can see, like, he started his turn first, too. And and, uh, right after that, so it took a while for the stewards to implement a penalty, but short, like, for a couple minutes after that, Hamilton was just like, investigate it! Investigate it! It's like, he was getting pissed Oh, he turned it on Hamilton? No, Hamilton was just, like, bitching to his engineers about it. Oh. So a lot of people, some people don't think he should have gotten it. I don't think so. Appeal the decision. Where's the second collision? I completely missed it. Yeah, actually, I'm kind of surprised. A lot of people don't think he deserved that. They think, I, now watching him, I do think that's, that could have been just a racing incident, man. I don't, I think Hamilton just shouldn't have been there. Again, Hamilton, seven-time world champ, took eighth. What does that tell you? Like... I just think he's uh, he's just a good driver. He's not like 
the absolute greatest race car driver to ever walk the planet. I think he's just a really solid driver, mm-hmm. which is a good compliment. But yeah, uh, what races? Uh, let me see. Oh, Baku. Yeah, Azerbaijan, my favorite track. Baku That's next. sounds yes. like something from Star Wars. It does. It sounds like a planet. That's going to be the Baku. next race. It's also a street circuit. I'm looking forward to it. I love it. Um, yeah, should be exciting. And, yeah, that concludes our F1 segment. Let us know what you think. If you have any thoughts or opinions or any thoughts on the questions, we'd love to hear from you. Up next, we're going to talk about Real Madrid defeating Liverpool. You're listening to Bad Sports. Don't go anywhere. All right, so on Saturday, Real Madrid went up against Liverpool for the Champions League final. Winner takes all. Greatest in the land. Best soccer team in the world. Real Madrid defeated Liverpool 1-0. I think his name is Vinicius. Vinicius. They call him Vinny Jr. Scores a go-ahead goal 59 minutes in to help Real Madrid win their 14th title with their most recent one being in 2018 when they were led by Cristiano Ronaldo. Let's take a look at this goal. It's pretty. It was pretty intense. Also, <laughs> something else happened. Something happened at the same time, Mark. If you want to, their the stands look like sprinkles on a donut. It's so colorful. Oh. Uh, yeah, I still think that's weird. So, uh, in celebration, someone just lays straight down on the ground. Like kissing the ground, and homeboy comes up and straddles his butt. Yeah, teammate straddles his other teammate. Sits on him like a horse and just straddles him. Like a jockey and just straddles him. Like a, like a jockey. Exactly right, like a jockey. Uh, it's just kind it's of a little bit uh, weird. Watch just dance. <laughs> the coaches <laughs> dance, and they're having a great time. So, I will say it was a beautiful pass to Vinny as well. It was great teamwork. And Real Madrid, the second most expensive team. Second most. One of the most expensive teams in the world. They won it. They won their 14th Champions League. I'm trying to think. Do you remember? It was like a high-speed internet commercial where it was this guy. He gets picked up by some super hot chicken like like a spandex one piece. And he ends up riding her like a horse through the sky. Do you remember what I'm talking about? No. No? That's what it reminded me of. Because that's exactly what it looked like. Because she was in the air like Superman. And he was riding on her back. And that's exactly what that reminded me of. Okay. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. So there was some drama, though. Before the game started, there was was, uh, some issues for Liverpool fans. They had a hard time getting to the stadium, and the UEFA claims that this is all due to fake tickets being distributed and that that was the main cause of a massive overflow of fans at the Liverpool turnstiles. So the build-up caused a 35-minute game delay at the start and many empty seats. Liverpool fans were also pepper-sprayed by French authorities because for attempts of uh, breaking in into the stadium. <laughs> Liverpool as a club wants answers. They're and the fans in general are all outraged with how French authorities handled this. Uh, it's tough using pepper spray like outside because 
the wind can change and it can definitely blow back yeah, on the people absolutely. spraying it. Mm-hmm. I don't, at the same time, I understand why the, the authorities have riot gear because soccer games can get fatal. People can die at them. They have. Mm-hmm. Especially, there's an incident in England where the fans just broke in and they, it was we're just gonna, absolute pandemonium. We're going to talk about that on our tragedies thing. episode. Don't spoil it. Okay. That was the situation that made me want to do an episode about tragedies. Wait, so. nothing, no one really died in the England uh, scenario that I'm referencing. Oh, the one I'm thinking I'm of, like, 30 that, like, people died. They couldn't control it, and that there's a actually, I'll pull it up. But there are fans in England, I think it was for the World Cup qualifier or something, or uh, the Euro Cup actually. They just fucking stormed the gates, man. They just broke in, and there was just thousands and thousands of people rushing into the stadium. And you can't have that. You do not want that because that's when people can suffocate and die and get crushed. Thinking of the Hillsborough disaster. It's like a stampede. Have you heard of that one? No. I'm sure there's many, unfortunately. This is like the one, though. So I understand why they're trying to uh, do crowd control. But at the same time, it's a shame when it's just one fan base. It's Liverpool fans that can't get in. There's fake tickets and there's empty seats. It's terrible. It sucks. That's also why I get nervous, why I would get nervous going to a soccer game, man. Like, you never know what's going to happen. You might be Not in America. pepper sprayed. Not like sure in America, but talk about European soccer. That's all we got for the fi- for FIFA. I don't uh, have a budget to, to watch Real to Madrid go, to go to a European soccer game. Yeah, I know, right? I only have a budget to go to a game if it's in my backyard. Up next, we're gonna talk about our bad sports moment, and we're just gonna jump right into it. So, Cincinnati Reds Tommy Pham suspended three games for slapping San Francisco Giants Jacques Peterson, and apparently the. Reason is up for de- debate. I heard that it was over fancy football dispute. You said you heard it was over text. Well, I saw something about uh, a text thread that they were in. Okay. Well, here's the video of it. Right here. Wow. Oh, so it wasn't like... It wasn't like tele- television cameras that caught it. No. They were warming up First of all, you game. let a man slap you like that and you don't do anything back, you deserve it. Well, you also don't want to get fined either. Yeah, but I'm also a, a man. Not much of one, but I'm a man. A man. I'm a man. I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs> he's suspended for uh, three games. You got to remember, he plays for the Reds. They are the worst team in baseball, so he's probably a little upset. But Jock Peterson plays for... One of the better teams in baseball. What are they doing on the field together like that? I think they're playing against each other and they're just meeting up before the game. Damn, dude. Yeah. Jock got smacked. Jock got smacked. And that's uh, that's our show. That's all we got. That's our bad sports moment. At the end of the year, I'm excited. I'm recording all of our... Oh, you are? The 2022 That's right. That's what I see. I see that list. And we're going to do... We're basically going to do our top 10 of them and rank them... And pick the best one. Voted on by us, obviously. Yes. And we can do a we can do a fan voted one too as well. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. There's some good ones, man. There's some doozy bad sports moments this year. There's a few of them. I'm sure, Trevor will vote. Yeah. But that will uh, conclude our show. Thanks for listening, guys, ladies and gentlemen, all of you everywhere. We probably mostly it. gentlemen. <laughs> probably a hefty majority. We just host a sausage party every week. Uh, we appreciate you. Please write in if you want. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. 
thanks again. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your Memorial weekend. Mm-hmm. Eat some. Make sure you guys eat some glizzies with extra ketchup oh, and mustard. I like that. Hell yeah. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.